always take the risk. It's, it's very important to take the risk. If you think of something and you feel that it's going to be the next big thing, then go for it. Locale. Local. Shock. Local. Cambiamento. Tapir. Gergelecta. Sakula Ijaya. Food. Change. Hello everyone and welcome back to the SPIN podcast. My name is Valentina Gritti, I'm your host and the Global Community and Project Manager of the Slow Food Youth Network. I'm very excited because today we will kick off a new format of the podcast. We are launching a series called Bites Off, which is a series of shorter episodes in which you can learn something very practical from one of the youth in our network. And today, our guest is Jem Melkor, founder and spokesperson of Sfin Philippines and also entrepreneur of his successful business, Yes Plate. That's going to be a super useful episode for those of you who are interested in starting their own food business or already have one. So welcome to the Sfin podcast, Jem. Thank you, Valentina, for having me. Such a pleasure. Would you like to say a couple of words to introduce yourself and also which one is your favorite food? I am well known as Jam Melchor. I have a very long name. My full name is Jose Antonio Miguel. The initials were just uh, carved out from those names. Um, I am from Spin Philippines. I work closely with Valentina uh, in our advocacies. And my favorite food is anything uh, sweet. I have a sweet tooth. Nice. And what is a typical dessert in the Philippines? Uh, Well, we begin our meals with rice and then our meals with rice. <laughs> so today the topic is uh, your own business. So how uh, Yes Plate can be used as a, a case study for other uh, businesses and to give some inspiration for other youth that would like to start their own food business. So I would like to, to start really from the very beginning. So how did uh, Yes Plate start? Uh, can you tell us a bit of the background? Well, Yes Plate is already a nine-year-old business. We're a food delivery company. We focus on calorie-counted meals. And um, we basically deliver within the metro capital of the Philippines, which is Manila. Um, I have been running this for quite some time. We started with a, uh employee number of uh, actually around four to five. But now we expanded in, in the last couple of years. And um, we were quite surprised that uh, during this pandemic, we had the surge of uh, subscriptions. Um, all because that people cannot go out. Well, during the height of the pandemic, they were really scared to go out and buy their own food. So they were really relying on the food deliveries, uh, meals delivered at their doorstep. But before you started with the delivery, you already had a business, right? You had a restaurant. Yes, I had a three-year-old restaurant. Um, it was uh, focused in a semi-casual to fine dining uh, food uh, establishment. But, um, you know, we had to pivot. Uh, we had to make sure that uh, we are hitting the right numbers, especially in terms of sales. And um, 
we had to try out so many things. Eventually, we, we stumbled upon this idea of creating a delivery which uh, focused in making meals that are healthy, especially for those who are bodybuilding, who are into exercise, who are into fitness. And how did you come up with the, the idea of fitness and healthy food? There's this friend who used to work for a gym who is uh, uh, very near to my restaurant. And he came to me and said, why can't I make some meals for his uh, clients who are doing uh, keto? You know, the, the, the trend was uh, keto then or the paleo meals. And I said, why not? So we had to try it. And uh, little did I know that there was really a market for it. And um, when we found out that the sales of the food deliveries was quite higher than the restaurant, we had to decide then if we are going to push for the restaurant or for the delivery. So I had to make that um, decision to transform the business into a commissary. Before then, there weren't like um, food delivery apps I had to buy my own motorbikes. I had to hire my own delivery guys. So it was really hard because you have to put together everything from scratch. But uh, obviously, we're still here. We, we are, uh, we are, there are times that our sales are lean, but we're coping. So you, you were a, a pioneer, let's say, in food delivery. Yes. In, in, in that sense, I can say that... Uh, We're one of the first few businesses that offer that kind of um, service here in the metro. And how do you keep up with competitors right now? You know, um, if there's one thing in this in this uh, world is change. Change is constant. It's inevitable. And um, you have to uh, do a lot of study. And you can't avoid um, copycats, as they say people who will try to copy your business because they think it's profitable, people who will just copy your business model without even thinking, without even improving it, copying it totally directly. Like in my case, even the name, Valentina, was copied. But, you know, as a business person, this is my bread and butter. And if you really believe in your brand, if you believe in the business that you do, and if you care enough for the employees that you employ, of course, they have their own families to feed, you will find ways to fight for your business. Can you tell me something more about the when they copied your, uh, your brand, your business? What happened? Well, yeah, actually, it was a turning point for me as an entrepreneur. Because when I started my business, I did not believe um, in registering it with intellectual property because I thought it was just a small startup business. Nobody would copy it. Nobody would, you know, dare to. I'm not like um, a big uh, chain like Starbucks or or a 7-Eleven, you know. But I thought of myself as a small startup company that nobody would even dare to, to copy until it happened, you know. So... What we did then was a uh, was very tricky. Everything was uh, everything was uh, blurry. I had to file cases in the court. I had to contest the competition. But I felt like even if I won the case, I had I wanted to um, have this fresh start. So I I 
thought of a new name for the business with the same concept, with a little bit of uh, tweaking in terms of what we are offering. And we became more aggressive, but more mindful and conscious of the things that can harm the brand. So we really invest in intellectual property. We registered everything so nobody can copy it. So it's a, from a challenge, you actually took advantage to to make a new brand, huh? to, to make your business even stronger. Yes, and that's that's my advice to to all startups, to make sure that your your business is secured, not only for the present, but for the future. Make it uh, foolproof in all aspects because you, you, you'll never know if perhaps someday you'll become big. Someday you, you'll make it or, you know, you have to be prepared. Someday you might... Um, do some franchise if you want to expand. Uh, you, you can't never you can never tell what's gonna happen in the future. So um, I sought the expertise of uh, my lawyers and some business people who have been in the industry for for quite some time. I always listen with their tips, their advice because I don't know everything. I only know a few things, but I believe that when we try to listen, when you listen with the ear of your heart, everything will fall into its place. Mm -hmm. So you're also surrounding yourselves with the experts. Definitely, because um, uh, these people will truly help you. And I, if I don't know something, I always ask. I do not take the risk. It's better to be safe than sorry. That's my mantra. <laughs> That's a good one. It's a very good one. Yeah, so now that we're talking about surrounding ourselves of uh, people that know more about uh, the subjects and, uh, and so on, how, uh, how important is your network for, uh, for your business? Because I know that um, you told me once that you were, you were working for a TV show in the very beginning uh, and then also uh, for example your network at the gym is the one that also gave you the idea for your business so yeah how important is your network well networks are very important valentina uh whether it is an advocacy or it is just a group in your church or in your community it is a way to get connections that can help you reach your destination at some point My advocacy with Slow Food came a little bit later, but it somehow helped fuel the passion within me. It gave meaning to what I do. Business-wise, it may not be of that help because, um, of course, again, it came a little bit later in my, my career. Um, I was already established as a chef when I joined Slow Food. But prior to that, I have used my, my network as a TV host, as a professor in a university as someone who have worked for government in the Philippines for handled some government projects i had the opportunity to build the network so i think it it really works works hand in hand so it's important as an entrepreneur to make sure that you have a strong network aside from your own network within that particular business because it will enrich you as a person and it will enrich your perspective as an entrepreneur definitely and how important is the team you're working with i love to work with underdogs i i love to work with people hungry for 
something new. They're hungry for learning. I love to teach. My passion is all about teaching, about mentoring individuals who have less uh, opportunities in life. You know, in, in the Philippines, we're a third world country and a lot of us are not as uh, lucky as the others from the other countries that have other opportunities. Um, Filipinos would often leave the country to seek greener pastures in different countries. But for those who stayed here, they would uh, be working at a very low minimum rate. But, you know, um, as a person who has been blessed um, at an early stage of my life, I feel I am obligated and it is my responsibility to help the others and give opportunities, at least in my own capacity, to those who are in need. So when there is an opportunity to, to help underdogs, those who did not finish school, college, undergraduates, we always prioritize them. And even up to this day, they're still employed. They're still with us. They love to work with us. We treat them as our family. We don't treat them as an employee. We treat them as a family. But there's this there's this thin line between employee and a family relationship. So there's still a respect. And how many people are working now for Yes Plate? I think we have around 25. We had to cut down because of the pandemic. We had to make sure that our costs are well taken care of. Yeah, of course. Did the pandemic affect your business a lot? A lot, definitely a lot. I mean, the, the buying patterns, the eating uh, the eating pattern of the consumers have uh, changed a lot in, in the recent years. And it's quite unpredictable, I, I if I may say, because um, during the pandemic, people were scared to go out. But after 2020, 2021, people started to go out again. But there weren't a lot of restaurants. People became frugal with the money. They learned that they can save by cooking their own meals. So it was also... Um, it was very unpredictable. And are you thinking to readapt your business again also because of the change in uh, consumers' behavior? Are you thinking of something new at the moment? Well, um, what we are investing is our e-commerce because we haven't really invested in our online presence. In fact, we only promote our brand through Facebook and Instagram. I never believed in a website because most of the Filipinos or the local market here use Facebook and Instagram heavily. If they look for something, they won't even look for its website. They would go directly to its Facebook page. I learn about Facebook ads and some Instagram ads and uh, ask some social media managers on how to make sure that we can increase our sales by using those two platforms. Mm -hmm. right. And also something very cool that you're doing is that you're also using a local celebrities to promote your food, right? Oh, definitely. Um, these um, celebrities have certain following that can be a part of our clientele. And um, I was lucky enough that uh, since our infancy, we have been partnering with a lot of local celebrities, be it from a government, be it an actor or actress. And I remember you, you were telling me that 
in all the cases that you have worked with celebrities they didn't want you to pay them but you just give them the food because they really believe in what you're doing right yes um there was no money involved it was actually a pure um collaboration or we just provide their meals or particularly their the particular diet that they need and that's what we can offer i i, I was really straightforward that we don't have the money to pay for them as an endorser. But I believe that I was in the right time and right place back then because there weren't a lot of businesses that has done that. So yes, I, I started that trend. And the, the businesses here started to copy, you know, partnering with local celebrities, even um, the foreign models who are traveling here just to model in Asia. So you're you're very inspiring locally also for other businesses. They always try to copy you. <laughs> they always try to make the same things. <laughs> I feel flattered, that's really. They they keep on asking me, "Do you feel threatened?" No, I feel flattered. I feel flattered that I started this uh, industry, an industry of uh, collaboration with influencers. <laughs> nice. And uh, in time to conclude our uh, our talk, I would like to ask you if you have any suggestions that you would like to share with the other youth in the network that are interested in food entrepreneurship. If there is one thing that I would always tell other people who are asking for advice or some inspiring thoughts is that always take the risk. Number one, it's it's very important to take the risk. If you think of something and you feel that it's going to be the next big thing, then go for it. Because at the end of the day, you can only trust your intuition. And sometimes that intuition will lead you to something greater than you have expected. As an entrepreneur, it's also important to seek um, advice from people who have been there. Because There are a lot of things that are not being taught in books or you can't find when you Google. These experiences are first-hand experiences and I'm sure those entrepreneurs are willing to share it based on their learnings firsthand. And a lot of the entrepreneurs now are, you know, um, being um, generous with the knowledge and experience that they have. Awesome. Ask and take the risk. Yes. Perfect. Thank you so much, Jem, for this uh, inspiring conversation. And also thanks to all our listeners for the support that you're giving us. And if you like this format of the podcast, and also if you have suggestions for topics you would like us to discuss, please get in touch with me at podcast at slowfoodyouthnetwork.org and have a lovely day. Mm-hmm.